You're listening to the MMAniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. This is Dominic Cruz, and this is Emmy Mania. Via satellite, and on the other end of the line, of course, is the co-host of the stars, the host of the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, the front man of Mr. Nick and the Dirty Tricks, yeah. training out of Team Link in Hooksit, New Hampshire, Nick, Mr. Nick Davis. The crowd roars and erupts with enthusiasm that is unbridled and unrepentant. All right. And also in the cage, guest Ted Pettengill. Hey! Ted P! I think that the microphone is essentially hanging under your ear, so I may have to whisper sweet nothings into it. I can I hear you both pretty. I can hear you both okay. pretty well through the through it cool. with it sitting right there. Through the grapevine. So is this is this just an audio podcast, or or can they get a video first? Uh, so I, the, I like a, to put the video up as well because sometimes uh, and it goes up more first. immediate. Yeah, the video goes up first, and then some people watch it. But the audio podcast is edited, and I, you know, I take out a lot of the ums and likes and you knows and the pregnant pauses and you know the stupid shit that one of us might say that maybe we wouldn't want everyone in the world to hear. So <laughs> mostly me. So, <laughs> so you really hard. Your really hardcore fans are getting to uh, getting to really take in how awkward it is for me and Kona to be recording this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two heads being put together. That is well. That's why it shut down before because I was trying to take a screenshot of the of the <laughs> of my iPad so I could uh, so I could uh. mock you, uh, but it backfired <laughs> on me and my it backfired on me and my my iPad shut down and then. We lost connection and all hell broke loose. But let me tell you this, Nick. This is not to be mocked. This image is going to be on a white T-shirt that Ted and I both purchased at the mall. Yeah. Uh, We are going to uh, have four different pictures, all different poses, uh, to celebrate our day at the boardwalk. Western clothes. It's pretty (laughs) lovely. It's It's pretty cute. It's yeah. pretty cute, little ones. <laughs> at least we'll show our whole face. Look at you, Mister. Uh, Only all the, right, the here we go. How's down. that? Is that better? You Can you still hear me when I'm okay. back here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I never know uh, with this thing if you're getting the audio, if the audio is coming back out uh, through the jack from my microphone, well. or if it's. Uh, or if it's coming in through the right there. Oh my little, god! Stop that! Right there. Oh, That's very obnoxious. Oh, oh my god! Right it looks like ET in a porno, <laughs> POV porno. <laughs> okay, I think that. Uh, All right, enough finger porn, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about mixed martial arts, shall we? Sure. 
Let's see. What's the... I almost forgot that there was a Bellator event on Saturday. Forgot I was going to a big barbecue. I was able to do both, but I watched most of the Bellator the following day. Um, no UFC, but some UFC news for well, sure. Well, there was a UFC on Wednesday, so we haven't we haven't had done a podcast since then, so we can talk about that, and we can talk oh, about the true. Bellator. Sioux Falls, which actually was maybe even more exciting than the UFC 200 card in terms of... Oh, my God. What the fights? And, Holy and, shit. That I uh, I don't think maybe I think that with that that the fights on that card were better than the fights on UFC 200 or better than many well of the, the UFC fights. 200 was a, a kind of a decision fest for all the prelims and there was exciting moments in the main card of course return of Cain Velasquez throwing a spinning wheel kick yeah and not all it. not all of the not all of the prelims Joe Lozon got to knock the fuck out. No, no, the Fox Sports 1 prelims were all oh. um, decisions. The Fight Pass prelims were exciting. There were two, Jim Miller versus Takenori Gomi. Yeah. Two yeah. first-round knockouts. And, uh, I mean, there was some good fights. I really enjoyed uh, the Jose Aldo-Frankie Edgar fight, even though it was largely uh, a defensive fight by Aldo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you he played it. Aldo thing. definitely played it safe. Aldo definitely, um, he 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 wanted to make sure he was going to get that shot back at the title. He's he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he is a fan of not having that belt around his waist. So uh, he wanted to make sure that that thing gets back there. And uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not sure about what's going to happen when uh, when he runs into McGregor again. I think McGregor really got in his head the first time, and I think he rushed in and got caught. And um, you know, I, I think that I think that I think uh, uh, what he will probably do is fight a similar fight to what he did against Frankie Edgar and play it a lot safer the second time around. I don't think he's going to go in there half cocked and start you know winging shit at him. Because he's mad, because he saw what that got him the first time. So, uh, so the uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Landon. Uh, what is his name? Tell me his full name. You know his name, Kona. Oh, Landon punches. <laughs> Was that Pettengill? Teddy P. Teddy P. With the assist. Lando Vatten or something. Lando. Yeah, let's look it up because I want to give this the guy I, I want to give this guy credit because holy fucking shit. He came in against one of the baddest motherfuckers and 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 didn't give him he did not give him any respect. He was not he was not worried about Ferguson one bit and Ferguson was getting some punches off and they at first they didn't look like they were doing much. The first three quarters of the first round, it looked like he was taking them all in stride. And then somewhere in the beginning of the second round, obviously, you could tell that he was, when he was getting hit, he was shaking them off. He was trying, he was trying to shake them off. So you could see that he was, uh, that Ferguson was really getting them in, but 
God damn, he knocked Ferguson down I don't know how many times, and he got knocked down so many times. That was a fucking crazy fight. I haven't looked to see what was the fight of the night, but if that wasn't the fight of the night, I don't know what the fuck was on that card. Um, it was the fight of the night. Okay, yeah, good. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is a contender for fight of the year, and dude making his making his octagon debut against one of the most dangerous guys in that division, and god damn I, I, I want to see that I can't wait to see that guy fight again I can't wait uh, to see that guy fight again on a full camp against someone who he's studying and if that's if that's the kind of trouble he's going to give Tony Ferguson on two weeks notice Christ and I'm and I'm, and I'm still looking I still have to look up his name here so Okay. I'll look up well, his name look while, up while you I, you and Teddy talk about something while I look up his name. Well, Ted did not see that fight. I, had, I did have a couple people come over. I was invited, but I uh, I was lazy, didn't get off the couch. Yeah, uh, which is fine. I, was, I actually rushed home from a comedian uh, type of meeting to sit on the couch and watch this card. But I, what I would like to see is a fight. Between Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov uh, in the near future, and I'd like to see on the undercard to have Daryl Horcher, the guy that fought Khabib, and this guy uh, Lando. Did you find it yet? Uh, not quite, but it'll be Lando just a Vittel. second. Here. You're definitely on Facebook talking about politics. <laughs> um, no, I've uh, actually sworn off it, dude. I swear to God. I swear to God, today I stopped myself four different times from posting shit and commenting on shit. I was like, nope, nope. I'm just going to post cool shit that I do and fun shit that I do, and I'm done talking about politics on Facebook as much as I possibly fucking can because it doesn't do any good. It doesn't serve any fucking purpose. It doesn't... There are. There's never a good result. It's not like someone uh, goes... Hey, shit, you're right. Uh, you're right. Uh, Obama is not a secret Muslim. Uh, you're right. Nobody ever yeah, does that. Would, you just. Why would they agree with that? That is, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just. I just am trying to swear off from it, dude, because there's never. There's ne- it doesn't. It's never any good. It just doesn't work out. Very it just true. doesn't work out. So. I'm just trying to share cool shit. Cool shit about music. Cool shit about comedy. Cool shit about podcasts. Cool shit about friends. Cool shit about family. Fun, interesting, cool shit. And fuck all the political shit and social uh, commentary. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to try. I'm trying, dude. I I can't. There's no guarantees, but that's what I'm going to try and do. Anyways, as I was defending myself there and trying to tell you where I'm at, I was looking up Tony Ferguson, and it was Landon Venata. Lando. Landon. Landon. L-A-N-D-O-N. Landon Venata. Lando. uh, You're thinking Lando Calrissian. They did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Billy D, Billy D, Billy D, Hercules. My wife brought me some pasta while uh, while I was sitting here talking to you. My wife brought me out some pasta. Oh, take that a was bite. pretty close. With uh, if his name is Landon Venata, and I said Landon a lot of punches. Yeah, you did. That was pretty close. How is that not his fucking nickname? <laughs> <laughs> He's a wrestler. 
I don't know how that's not his nickname. Landon Punches. <laughs> Landon Punches Venata. How perfect is that? How can you not... How did he miss that? What's his fucking nickname? Let's see what his nickname is. It doesn't have one on his spider profile. A second tier. Landon Plains. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Landon Plains. Like, like Captain Sully. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, I thought it was a very uh, entertaining fight. I wish he finished it. I think he came close when he dropped him with that leg kick that Ferguson wasn't expecting. Landon kicks more like it. In that leg sense. kicks, spinning attacks, elbows. Fucking Christ. God damn it. He was throwing everything. Takedowns. But at the same time... And he was I, so I weird. He was throwing him from so... He was so weird. The way he moved was such a strange thing to watch how he moves and his movement, but his evasiveness... His evasiveness for the first half of the first round was amazing. And then uh, and then the second half, Ferguson landed a few. And then the beginning of the second round, Ferguson was really starting to, to land on him. And it was funny because it was right as... Kenny Florian was talking about how evasive that he had been. <laughs> He's like, Landon's so evasive. And then it was like, bap, 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 bap. Yeah. Just like all these like punches that were not missing. None of them were missing. But I don't, He's he was the breakout star for me for that card. Uh, I was nothing but impressed with his performance. I, I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan, and I thought Ferguson was going to walk through this guy. I didn't know anything about him. I hadn't watched his videos. I hadn't done any research on him, so I didn't really know. And God damn, what a pleasant surprise to see somebody come in and give him such a run for his money. I mean, that yeah, was... Um, you can't get much closer to finishing a fight without finishing it. Yeah, but at the same time, he was easily finished when Ferguson basically just reached over him and grabbed him in the darts from a standing position, and then no, it wasn't so easily. He, he had to he had to hunt him down for two rounds before he started landing punches on him. I'm talking about the specific sequence, not the lead up. Uh, but when he first landed, and it is Lando. It says Landon on the SureDog site, but all over the UFC page and. MMA Junkie, which is USA Today, it says Lando. So we'll have to take this to Sky Court, Star mm. Wars style. But, um, Internet Lando, Lando, don't call me Landon. Well, Lando, don't call me Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> Lando, don't call me a Calrissian Venata. Yes. But Nick gets all of his Internet Court. That's a, hey, dog. that's a good idea. Internet Court, and you can solve. Uh, Facebook disputes. That could be a TV show. Yeah. Holy shit! That might be our millions. That might be our millions right you there, can, boys. You can do that as a side uh, side project YouTube show uh, where we just solve people's problems. But it's uh, it's always trial by combat. <laughs> yeah. Trial by combat. Game of Thrones. Okay. Moving on. I choose uh, violence. Yes, yes. Wow. Are you beating the shit out of that pasta? Like, I was stabbing that? it pretty violently. Yeah, it's great podcast sounds. <laughs> it's pretty good pasta. Okay. Oh, good. Are you talking and clicking. Hey, can you slam on the table a little more? <laughs> uh, how about you have, pop a few pieces of gum in for dessert? 
Yeah, don't scratch your beard. That picks it up, too. <laughs> if I had some ice cubes, I could jiggle. Oh, are there any in your cup? Oh, no. A little bit. More like just... If I only I was had a It's pretty mediocre. Yeah. Well, some people like tasteless seltzer. <laughs> um, in any case. Whoa, whoa. So, uh, I guess we could talk about Lineker, too, uh, on that card, coming out, the, the knocking out uh, Michael McDonald. Um, it's, uh, you know, they they were kind of praising Lineker and talking about how he needs a title shot and a, dude, I listen, I, 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 I like Lineker, I think he's great, very entertaining fighter. But he is a plotter, dude. He just plods forward, and he doesn't have any movement, and he's against Mighty Mouse Johnson. He's going to get... There's Well, no, no. Mighty Mouse Johnson fights in division low. Lineker's a bantamweight now because he couldn't make the flyweight. Oh. Limit. So they're talking about him fighting Cruz because of... Uh, oh, well, that's even worse. That's even worse scenario because Cruz moves even even better than Mighty Mouse does. Yeah. So... I, I think that would be a weird one. I, I mean, I think that if Cruz could... But the problem is Lineker throws these body shots that uh, are... I mean, it, his movement is that he's shorter than everyone in the UFC, pretty much. I mean, he's short for a flyweight and he's a bantamweight. So... Uh, but the body shots are what does it. He'll beat you, beat you to the body, and then finish you with the head or with the submission. And it's uh, yeah, he did it pretty easily against Michael McDonald, who just wanted to stand in there and throw punches with him, which was not the correct plan of attack. I mean, I, I, I think they're both good fighters. I think they're both journeymen. I don't think that they're up to. Neither of them are even close to the level of a dominant Cruz. Or a TJ Dillashaw or a Hennon Barrow. Um, yeah, but at the same point, is he? The question isn't really at the level. It's is he worthy of a title shot? I mean, he has was it, is it five or eight wins in a row, and most of them have been dominant finishes. Who's at the top of the? There's TJ. I guess you could do a rematch, but I feel like you want something exciting and new in a division that's been largely the same. It's been. The first two is all Barrow for a very long time. I and think the fight is Mighty Mouse. I think that's the fight. Yeah, but he's not in that division. You I'm want Mighty Mouse to fight Cruz? Yeah. You're yeah. talking about Mighty Mouse uh, coming up a, coming up a weight class. Okay. I think that Mighty Mouse is still trying to do that consecutive title defense thing, even though his last fight against Wilson Hayes got thrown out for UFC 201 because he's injured. So, uh, I I don't know. I, I feel Wait, like what? Yeah, you didn't hear about that. Mighty Mouse is injured and out of two hundred one. I think you told me about that. Yeah, or, I mean, it's not happening. Uh, he's not defending the flyweight title on the undercard of oh, right. Lawler and uh, Woodley right in Atlanta coming up July thirtieth. Correct him on pay per view. Yeah, so he's got that. Uh, so I think that is what will set back the uh, super fight. 
if they were to do a super fight, I feel like they would build it up around something big, perhaps International Fight Week next year or something. But I think Cruz is more interested in a super fight with Conor McGregor. At least that's well, what everybody he said. is. I know, everybody but, is. But, Fucking Cain Velasquez but, would get in there with him if he could. <laughs> right. Everybody what wants a think? piece of that guy. Everybody that gets a piece of him comes out a millionaire. So why wouldn't you want yeah. to fight him? Yeah. Well, uh, so that exactly. <laughs> and uh, well, what's the more logical super fight? If you're I'd like to see Cru- uh, yeah, I'd like to see Cruz come up and that'd be that's that's a great fight. That's a hell of a fight. We can pack on enough pounds to. But would you rather see that than Conor McGregor versus no, no, than Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez? Say, uh, I would definitely rather see uh, Conor McGregor McGregor versus uh, Dominic Cruz, hundred percent. Not even, not it's not even. There's like six other fights I'd rather see than see him fight Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Well, I think that's the one that's probably more likely to happen only because what does McGregor have to, it, he'll just be the bant- the fighterweight champion against the bantamweight champion with no consequences on, uh, on that kind of a super fight. It's almost a super fight that he would be taking just as a cool what if. And I think he's more likely to want to go up and unify the belts if he can, but, uh, because it's also whatever Alvarez called him out on that in the uh, post-fight presser as Ted yawns. Ted, I'm not yawning. <laughs> breathing deeply. <laughs> My armpit is right here, by here. How is that? It's fine. Good. Um, that's a little more like suntan lotion. <laughs> if you guys start making out, uh, I'm gonna. Gonna I'm going to keep eating my pasta. I'm going to keep eating my pasta. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> well, I don't know about the, I don't know if there when the next super fight will be, if there will be one. I feel like there's too many moving parts and the only super fight what makes a super fight is it have to be two championship belts or can it just be two iconic figures from different weight classes fighting? Is there any magic do- left? No, it could definitely be two iconic people because that could be, you know, I still consider, I still consider George St. Pierre versus Anderson Silva a super fight. That's a giant fight and neither of them are title holders and one of them doesn't even fight anymore. (laughs) So, I, I still call that a super fight all day long. So I don't, I don't think it makes, I don't think it takes uh, uh, people having to have a title in order for them to consider it being a super fight. Hmm. I mean, I was excited for the fight, but I didn't think that going into it, Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt was a super fight. But I don't I consider mean, that a super fight. Yeah. Why? Is it because there's less star power behind Mark Hunt? In the public perception, beyond the hardcore UFC people, mm. no, I, I mean Mark Hunt has not. 
you know, he's not he's not anywhere in the pound for pound rankings, the, as far as I know. He's but not, pound for but it's, it's, he's not, it's he's heavyweight, not, so I feel like <clears throat> pound for pound matters less. It's it, he's just not a huge name. He's not a huge name. He's not a giant draw. He's not. People aren't clamoring uh, 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 to see him in a fight against. You know, if you put uh, if you put whoever you put on the other side of Conor McGregor, it doesn't matter if you put him up against a refrigerator or if you put him up against a fucking bobcat. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. Everyone's going to tune in to see the fight because it's Conor McGregor. You can't say that for. Uh, for Mark Hunt, you can't, you can't, you can't say that. You can, you can say that for GSP. You can say that for, um, you know, I don't know who John Jones. Look, I, I, I counter that with Mark Hunt fought for K one and Pride in Japan in front of crowds of fifty thousand. He could be a celebrity over there. He's big in Australia, other parts of the world. Whenever they have a big card in Australia or New Zealand. They always put Mark Hunt on it, if not the main event, in the co-main event. Uh, he hasn't fought in Vegas in a while. He's still a top eight fighter in the world. He's fought for the interim championship before. He yeah, was I mean, I, we, we've had this discussion before about how I felt when uh, when uh, when the UFC absorbed Pride. Uh, I was yeah. not. I was not well, at all excited not about. I was not all, at all excited. About. Yeah, your discussion is you didn't. You weren't a fan of him when he was first here. But I'm just saying that's still a draw. He's still a guy. He might not have been the most skilled kickboxer in a kickboxing league, but just the way he throws fists, knock people out, and people like finishes. I, I mean, I feel like he is a big draw, but I didn't. But I still didn't really think of this as a super fight. I thought of it as more of a novelty thing for UFC 200. I guess if it happened, that's exactly how I felt about it. Yeah, a freak fight. Yeah, yeah. a tentpole fight, a circus. Yeah, and not that, nice quite the circus fight as the fight before, which, or two fights before Cormier and uh, Anderson Silva. Two day Anderson dad bod. Uh, yeah, they're 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 pretty they're pretty comparable though. <laughs> I think I think they're pretty comparable. They're, even the way the fights played out, you know. I think Cormier and uh, and uh, and Mark Hunt both. Uh, I mean Cormier and uh, and um, Brock Lesnar both had a very similar plan of attack. They were both going against far superior strikers, and they wanted to put them on their backs and try and pound them out. Yeah. Um, Ted, you saw these fights. As a casual MMA observer, what did you think of the overall fight card? Uh, I thought they were all, like, they were fine to watch. They weren't terribly exciting. Um, They all kind of, there were no surprises, like, by the end of the fight. Like, as far as the decisions went, you knew who was going to win. Yeah. I think the uh, Aldo one was the only one that went to a decision, though, because Velasquez was a finish. Well, no, that's not true. The Cormier Anderson Silva was pretty obvious. Yeah, and the Lesnar. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> um, 
And well, and the, the, Aldo, I mean, the Aldo Edgar fight too was a decision. I mean, that was a decision. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that was like the most exciting of any of those fights, but it was also pretty obvious by the end that Aldo had it. He was toying with him to the point of uh, Eugene S. Robinson, who does the Knuckle Up podcast, is uh, one of my favorites. He pointed out that the, the kind of mind games that he did, and I, and I noticed it too because our friend Greg Pavarnik was over and watching the the fights with us and he hates it when people touch gloves at the beginning of the round specifically yeah, it's one thing if they touch them when the ref is doing the instructions in the beginning but he hates it when they slap high five and some guys don't do it and Aldo was making sure to do it he was holding it up and Frankie would almost just punch it as a begrudging acknowledgement and Aldo would, all, would do that the entire time he would just wait on the defensive. He wasn't jabbing or doing leg kicks, his two most effective measures in the fight before. Two very big things that Frankie could have planned for, and he did neither of them. Uh, yeah, that was a surprising and smart. You know, yeah. He, he changes he he game plan he completely. Three. He threw three leg kicks, and I think they were all in round five. So, And that's after his Frankie's legs are fucking probably tired from all the moving he did throughout the fight in distance traveled. It was almost three times that of Aldo who sort of just patiently waited back and threw combinations when he had to, but he'll just let Frankie tire himself out and he bloodied him up when he could just stuffing every takedown. Like it was uh, just the simplest thing for him, uh, which he's pretty good at. He's never, I don't think he's ever been taken down in the UFC. Uh, in all that time, except when McGregor knocked him down. Aldo, times, but yeah, mm, I think he, I think he's been taken down, but I think he has really good. He's take got one defense. of the, yeah, yeah, one of the best, and he's never looking to take you down unless he's hurt, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, the main event we, we we talked about it last time. Or we we're just kind of backtracking and bouncing off stuff. Ted, of course. Like me, did not see the main event live. Misha Tate get finished by Amanda Nunes in spectacular fashion. But uh, but we did watch Bellator 158 yeah. on Saturday. So let's get to that. Of course, yeah. the wasn't the main event, but it was the big headline stealing shot heard around the world. From in my London. case, felt around the world because my stomach turned when I, 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 I felt bad uh, for. So let's Cyborg just say what it was. So those, I mean, yeah, I'm sure most people know by now because it even became an internet phenomenon with gifts and stuff. So it was mostly known for the finish, which to capitalize on the Pokemon Go thing, uh, Michael Venom Page put on a Pokemon hat and threw a ball at the grounded uh, Santos. Now, to be fair, this is something that he had planned on doing all along should he win, and he did it immediately after it was over, so before he knew about the severity of the knee injury. So, uh, or, or, sorry, the knee-to-the-head injury, this caved-in forehead. And for those of you that, that didn't see it, it's Michael Venom Page threw a knee to Cyborg Santos and uh, ostensibly crushed his fucking skull in. Yeah, I mean, it's, right above the eyebrows. Yeah, it's it, his skull is in a bunch of different pieces, and there's yeah. a 
when you see a picture of 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 cyborg his fa- his head is dented in and uh, we've seen the pictures of him in the hospital with his head dented in and then you see the um the x-rays and there are i don't know probably 10 or 20 different pieces of skull that are just crushed so he's not out of the yeah. fucking woods man that's the thing that oh, scares me that's the thing that scares me is that he still could not survive this dude He's still, he's not out of the woods. He has to, they're waiting for the swelling. He wants surgery in America. He wants to go where the best doctors are. He wants to, he doesn't want to do surgery in London. He wants the surgery in the United States. And so, he, they're waiting for the swelling to go down for him to get back to America. They not, might not be able to do that. The swelling might get worse. It might get into an emergency situation where he has to have surgery in London. It's not, it's scary, dude. That's scary. That's you can't fuck around with your brain like that. You, you, you it starts to swell up. They have to start taking pieces of your skull out. So I, I I know a little bit about this. I had an aunt that had a really serious brain injury, and they had to take a section of her skull out to allow the swelling to to, to continue. Otherwise, it would have just would have just fucking crushed her brain. You know, the swelling would have just suffocated her brain. So. It's fucking, that's really scary, dude. And when I saw that, I just, I just, god damn it. It's not, you know, when I was 20, I probably would have went, yeah, this fucking guy's a skull crusher. But I don't feel like that at all. I just feel awful about it. I just feel awful about watching it. I feel awful about it happening. I just feel awful awful about the celebration that happened afterwards and, this but guy could it, still die, and it, you know. Yeah, but he. I think I prefaced it. I didn't know the severity of it until the next day. I knew it was a devastating knee, obviously, but it was from a, a standing position. He was sort of shooting in. I didn't realize the sound of it until friend of the show, shout out to John Paul Rivera, mentioned it to me. And then I played it with Ted. I didn't want to play it back because it just sounded like a baseball bat. And, and one of the medics on site said it was akin to one of a, the most severe car crash injuries. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty scary. Hopefully, uh, he's okay to fly. And Bellator has agreed to, or not agreed, but said that they were going to pay all the medical bills and give him the bonus he would have got had he won the fight. Mm. So, uh that is a Good small fucking. That's a small yeah. price to pay. I can't. I don't he's still talking about. He's still talking about it not being his last fight. It's like, dude, if that's not the fucking thing that gets you to exit, what the fuck is it? What needs to be smashed into a million pieces for you to go? All right, I'm done with this game. Yeah. Well, I he's think him his, wanting his, to fight is the biggest example of brain damage and why we should not let him fight. It's because yeah. he's saying, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm fine." No. Yeah, he's he needs to be done. He needs to really be done. You you can't you don't fuck that. God damn, that's just horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. <sighs> it was a crazy card, though. I mean, I watched some of the uh, I would call it the winded heavyweights prelim. <laughs> uh, Matt I, I watched, Mitrione versus. I watched that. Yeah, that. 
Matt Mitrione's quick turnaround from almost being pretty much knocked out and then winning by knockout eventually. But uh, he had a, a, a much harder fought knockout win this time around at, at 158. So good on him. Matt Mitrione, is, uh, he, he said he wanted to keep making money in Bellator and have his wing and car paint sponsors on him. And, yeah, he's, he's got two solid wins. But, again, who the fuck are these guys in the heavyweight division anyway? I mean, they had a champion that hadn't defended the title in two years. So it's just uh, these are still chancy fights because – that's why I was arguing that heavyweight doesn't even matter in the pound for pound discussion because these are just big dudes that can knock out anyone with the happen to be finding the right angle. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's the thing about the heavyweight division. We've said it here on the podcast a million times. We've heard it on other podcasts and TV shows a million times. Anyone in the heavyweight division can knock out anyone else. Anyone in the heavyweight division can knock out any other heavyweight in the heavyweight division. Everyone's that heavy-handed. You just can't. <laughs> there are no light punchers in the heavyweight division. So there's that. Right, but the Bellator heavyweight division is just a very big mystery to me. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'll say. But I mean, that's so what. There are a lot. A lot of the roster is. Too. Can you hear? It? <laughs> Take a break for a second. Okay. Uh, eh, um. Exciting short fights earlier in the car. I forget if they were on the prelims or if there was one on the prelims, but there was a Darth Choke win. And uh, all the fights are on Spike dot Bellator.com or some combination of those letters and numbers. Uh, there are no numbers in that, but dot is a decimal point. Can you hear me at all? Was I? I can hear I you. Yep. Okay. Um, I can hear you, yeah. Anyway, muttering on about Bellator. Uh, Brock Lesnar got a notification from USADA for what could come out to be a inhaler. So, but doesn't doesn't matter. I guess we'll we'll sort of see. I think it really just doesn't matter in general because he came back, he did his thing, people watched it. He took his money and left. He was going to do that anyway. Yeah, I, well, I don't Yusada think he really cares. For two years. No. Brock Lesnar does what he wants. And that's, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, it's, it's not like it's sullying the sport. I mean, it, it would have ruined it if him and John Jones were pulled off of it. And then it was just, it. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. And then maybe it's uh, Cormier versus, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Mark Hunt? Cormier versus, Cormier versus Mark, Mark Hunt? Hunt. <laughs> yeah. That would not have been cool with Cormier, I bet. Uh, he would not be very enthusiastic about that. Yeah, um, I think he'd have a lot harder time putting Mark Hunt, dumping Mark Hunt on his back than he did uh, Anderson Silva. Um, yeah. What did yeah, you think I about also, Cormier's comments about, about being starstruck by Anderson Silva and kind of not wanting to unload with punches to this legends that was coming in on two days notice to at least give the fans a free fight or a fun fight. Not free. He got paid more than Cormier did at least in upfront fight money for this short, short, uh, notice fight. 
Um, what do you think about that? You know, Ted, you too. You saw the fight. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I guess I get it. I get it. I mean, he's one of my idols too. So if I was in there, if I, for whatever reason, I was in there and he was beyond his prime and I was in my prime, I wouldn't want to put the screws to him probably. I get it. <laughs> I get yeah. it. You know? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, like, I'm a pretty casual fan and I thought the fight was fine. Uh, you know, at the end, uh, Silva actually kind of had a, had a little bit of a run right at the very end of the fight. Not enough to really make a difference. But I feel like he staggered him. I could have went in with that big kick to the head, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, the guy, you're both getting paid. You're both there for the same reason. Uh, I mean, and there's no fucking consequence of the fight. It's not for a title. It's just. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, I get, I get like, you want to play it safe, uh, and you don't want to like expose yourself to unnecessary risk and lose a very winnable fight. But also at the same time, you don't want to play it. You know, too safe and uh, look like a look like a, you're not trying very hard. Yeah, or as Donald Cerrone calls it, fighting like a fag. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, you just keep trying to kiss I, him. I, I don't. Cormier wasn't real happy with that. Uh, oh, I, I don't really know what I don't really know what uh, Cerrone was, was thinking by first. saying something like oh. that, but. Uh, yeah, that was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty shitty. Especially one day after the first ever openly gay UFC champion ends their biggest pay per view in history. Uh, right, with a win, <laughs> with a win, and uh, get, becomes champion. <laughs> Kissing her girlfriend over the cage, who's also a UFC strawweight. But yeah, poor. Uh, I thought you were going to say also a lesbian. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fellow lesbian girlfriends. Uh, she could be also a gay fighter, not as committed to the relationship as the other. Um, yeah, Cowboy Cerrone, fucking up big time. But hey, they they sold the company the next day, so he's someone else's problem now. Yeah, so WWE. I guess that's the other. Uh, did we talk about that? They sold the company. Well, we we did, talked about we it did. a little bit. Yeah, uh, we got into it a little bit. The, I mean, it's a learning process. It's going to be two years until we see. Let's see what happens. I mean, will WMEIMG get the UFC out of their Reebok deal sooner? They're supposed to be locked in for for four years, but WMEIMG has a relationship with Under Armour through The Rock, who they also represent. Uh, so there could be other changes. But one thing is for sure probably not going to happen is a fighter pay increase because uh, – <laughs> Nobody buys a company that immediately gives everyone raises. Well, here's, you know, as much as the UFC is a corporation, I don't think that those guys are really corporate guys. The Fertitta brothers and Dana White are, you know, lunkheads from Southie. You know, they're boxers. <laughs> they're... They're they're not uh, 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 so, uh, the so here the, so the point the point that I'm trying to make is 
they have run their company as much as they've run it as a corporation. I'm sure it's a much more lax than when you bring in a real corporation like that. And when you bring in real corporations like that, their bottom line is dollars. And so I don't, I don't foresee in the immediate future of a takeover, I don't foresee there being a, a fighter pay increase. Although that's what I would ultimately like to see. Um, I think I think everybody that's not um, the company that just took over the UFC, I think everybody else would like to see that as well. So uh, I, I like I, I really enjoyed uh, UFC 200 seeing that's what motherfuckers should be getting paid when you're seeing six figure paydays for m- many of the fights. It's like yes, yes, that's right. Yes, that's what these motherfuckers are worth. Yes. That's what these people are. They're putting their their uh, their bodies uh, in danger on a daily basis for our entertainment, and they're the best athletes in the world, and they deserve to to take home a larger piece of the pie. So, hopefully, that's something that will happen. Well, at the same time, yeah. T.J. Dillashaw complained about the pay that he received. Fighting on the undercard of UFC 200, so uh, yeah, fluid situation. Obviously, uh, we'll see how things happen. Uh, I don't know. I guess after the next few cards that weren't already mostly booked, and then you'll see the first real full WME regime. But it's still yeah, in a way, you, it's still you... the matchmakers. It's not. Uh, they haven't changed that yet. So largely. That aspect of the UFC is the same. I guess their negotiating power may be different, or the approach to it may be different, at least from the standpoint of the fighters' managers and representation trying to get more out of this new negotiation because there's a different people funding it, and they now have the leverage of saying, well, you just sold this for $4.6 billion. Are you, are you saying you can't give me $20,000 more than I got last time? And, I guess it depends on the fight. Yeah, well, but. once you, I mean, that's the worst time to ask for a raise. Your fucking boss is out $4.6 billion. <laughs> so they just shelled so out all the money to buy the company, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it is your oh, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Your old bosses are in the money now. Yeah, yeah. Your new bosses okay. just shelled out a yeah. shit ton of money, so that's the worst time to ask for a raise. Uh, yeah, how about you wait till we start getting a little ROI? <laughs> right, yeah. So, Excuse me. Um, so, uh, did you notice on, on that, um, on that card on Wednesday, did you notice anything different? Anything that would signify, uh, their takeover? I was trying to look for graphics and other things, uh, you know, uh, advertisements on the canvas, on the octagon walls, or any kind of thing, anything that was different, anything that was handled differently, that looked differently, and it looked, Exactly the same as it always looked. I didn't notice anything different about it. I was wondering if you saw anything. I, I did not notice anything different. But one of the things that uh, actually I, I was wondering about, but I didn't go back and check because I didn't watch the pre-fight show. But uh, as it came out in the news when Ariel Hawani went through his trials and tribulations, the pre-fight and post-fight show are both paid for. And produced by Zufa, so right, Zufa right. has sold the UFC, 
That's what I'm curious about. Will mm. production be taken over by Fox or Fight Pass? Even though Fight Pass is, is obviously owned by the UFC. Um, so that's what I want to go back and, and look at because technically it was the first of the non-Zufa era post UFC 202. And also ratings wise, despite the fact that it was a fun card and or, pretty or- much all finishes except for one, except for the women's mm. bantamweight fight was uh, really an exciting card, but it was the lowest rated one of 2016 thus far. It- or does it stay a Zufa-produced show? Because that's a possibility, too, because they're not leaving completely. They still have a minority share hold uh, yeah. on the fight, and if they, they could have, they could have uh, worked that into it, like, hey, we would still like to produce these shows, and uh, and that would also give a little bit of autonomy from the UFC. If they if it's produced by Zufa uh, and then it's a non-UFC entity, then it's not, uh, they're not, it's not the thing like, uh, like Ariel Hawani was saying where he felt weird about taking money from, even though it's, uh, he's actually physically getting it from, uh, 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 Fox TV, it's coming from the UFC. It's coming from Zufa. He felt very weird about that. Like he couldn't, there's things he couldn't say or couldn't do because his bosses are the people that he's reporting on. So, um, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about, unless you want to talk more about this Zufa. No, no. Okay. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, I just, uh, I, I know that they, they, uh, USADA did release that, uh, at least one of the things that John Jones tested for was, uh, estrogen blockers, which is usually, uh, it's usually a thing that's taken at the end of a steroid cycle that helps you flush, flush it out of your system or helps you return to normal and, and a f- faster than if you didn't use it. And so, it's not a steroid in a sense that it helps you. It's a performance enhancer. It's it's one of the things that masks performance enhancers. And so that was one of the things that he tested for. Um, well, I thought I knew it was really bad for John Jones because of uh, kind of a weird way. Because of the dramatic price drops in his T-shirt prices that were supposed to come out. <laughs> For UFC 200, it was a red shirt with gold print that said "Return to Greatness," and uh, <laughs> available now for less than half of the original price on um, MMAWarehouse.com and, and UFC.com. So, yeah, two substances. One of them to mask against steroids. Doesn't look great. Doesn't look great, Ted. As the casual fan, who were you pumped up in both the Jones Cormier? Uh, fight and yeah, I thought it was going to be a good one. Yeah, you saw the back and forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, but looking back in retrospect, the John Jones seems like he was real angry because he's all high on steroids. <laughs> he was road raging at the press conference, stomping around with his old belt before he got the interim title. Uh, it's it's really bad. I don't know. Can you? There was a debate on uh, the MMA beat about whether you can call him the greatest of all time. Can you still call Anderson Silva the greatest of all time? Does performance enhancers 
prohibit you from saying that and feeling that way. I mean, technically, Barry Bonds is the home run champion. He's the RBI champion. But there's the steroids cloud that is the reason he's not yet in the Baseball Hall of Fame to, to make a some sort of comparison. Hmm. But I mean, he can come back in two years. He'll be 30 years old, but... Will he continue this path? I mean, will he be able to keep his nose clean, training and not fighting, just living a, a life in exile? What's he going to do? Do a podcast, a web series? Fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know what his deal is. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty rough blow coming. I hate to feel. Sorry for the guy, because I feel like all the shit that's gone on in his life is all self-imposed. But I feel bad for him because it, uh, and I shouldn't because he's doing it all to himself. Um, I don't know. I'm very torn. I'm very torn when I think about John Jones. Yeah. It's a. Here's what I'll say, and this is what. Would I you buy the T-shirt? Here's what I'll. Maybe. Here's what I'll say, and I'll stand by this. Uh, it's very, it's a very sad situation. It's very sad because he's a guy that could clean out the light heavyweight division again and clean out the heavyweight division as well. He's a guy that could definitely, definitely go down as the unequivocal greatest of all time. He could, he could, he could dwarf Anderson Silva in his accomplishments because he's still in his fucking prime. Yeah. He hasn't even reached his full potential yet. He's not even in the best that he can be yet. You know? Fuck. And it just keeps getting, it just keeps running into a fucking wall. Sometimes literally. Or a tree. Or a tree. <laughs> so. You know, it's just a sad thing. It's a sad thing. It's a sad, sad thing. It's a sad thing. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, another couple things that happened this weekend. Two major grappling tournaments. Uh, the Eddie Bravo Invitational happened. And uh, Metamora 7 happened. I think the EBI was also 7. I think it was Eddie, EBI 7. They had seven. Flow Combat, too. Oh, and Shale Sonnen's Flow Combat, which I haven't done any research on yet. Um, yeah. But if you know anything about that, you can report on it. But what I'll say is that... I didn't watch it. I thought about watching it Sunday. Actually, Ted and I went to a independent wrestling show that I wanted to bring up. We went to see Evolve in Melrose. I'll just bring this up real quickly because there was a former... And Ted, but you can talk about the show as a whole, but there was a former UFC flyweight whose name I have somewhere in the flyer but um, that wrestled... And and they also did some UFC type shit where before the fight they the announcer reached behind the ref and put the microphone up while he said I went over the instructions of the back do you have any questions and then fight and then lifted the arm up while holding both wrists at the end it's very bizarre but mixed huh. martial arts pageantry has taken onto the indie wrestling scene hmm. but uh, here's Ted for a review of the rest of the show while I go to the work. Oh, it was uh, it was good independent wrestling. A good thing. Another thing I know almost nothing about, but enjoy watching sometimes. 
as far as uh, small independent wrestling production shows that I've been to, this was by far the best one. Uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, it's pro wrestling, but these guys actually did seem like professionals, all of them. There were no, like, uh, guys just sort of going through the motions. Uh, only one real squash match. Everything else was, uh, hey, was a, it was like really put on a good show. Are you here? Okay, I'll be right up. Keep talking. I've got special second guest Durso here. Oh, okay. Mm. We're going to wrap this up in a few minutes, Nick. So you can run uh, run your stuff by Ted. He'll take it from me. I think that the name of the fighter was Matt Riddle. Oh, yeah. The flyweight. Yeah, yeah. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, he trained, uh, he trained at Extreme Couture. Uh, yeah, he, he was on, like he was was on one of those seasons of The Ultimate to- Fighter. Uh, I can't remember what season it was, but he was on one of the seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, and he trained with Randy Couture for a while. And he was in the UFC until recently. So he was at this event, and how was how was he involved in it? Uh, he he wrestled. He uh, wrestled a match. Uh, he won. Um, he was okay. I, I think that was one of the more boring matches of the uh, of the wrestling event. He seemed to sort of try to work in some like mixed martial arts moves into his uh, wrestling uh, performance, but one of the one of the scary things for me about this the takeover from this new company of the UFC, and it worries me because uh, you you saw hints of it and glimpses of it under the Zufa banner, uh, you know, little little handshakes and deals done with professional wrestling. I, for me, as a pure mixed martial arts fan, I don't want the two things to be convoluted at all. I don't want them to be mixed. They're two different things. One thing is a soap opera, and one thing is guys putting the best the, the best athletes on the fucking planet doing battle against each other to see who the best man is or the best woman is on that given day. The other thing is is is, is, pageantry. A t- is is pageantry and it's a TV show and it's a and it's soap opera for grown men. And and I don't want to convolute the two things. That's not what mixed martial arts is. Mixed martial arts is a sport with real motherfuckers that can go in there and do real shit. Not dance around and do flips and all this paper tiger nonsense. You know? Yeah. Okay, great. They're actual athletes, and I don't take that away from guys that are professional wrestlers. They're athletes. They're, they're, uh, it's what they do is hard, I'm sure. Uh, I can't take any of that away from them, but it's not a sport. There's, it's not, it's not a sporting event, and it's not, I don't even like the word sports entertainment because it's not a sport. It's not a sport. That's just like you know you don't call uh, you don't call CSI cop entertainment. It's just a fucking TV show about cops. It's not cop entertainment. You don't call Westworld uh, cowboy entertainment. It's just a fucking show about cowboys. Uh, you know, you don't call whatever. You can make a million options. I don't like the even the calling it sports entertainment i don't like so i i don't i i hope that they don't convolute the thing and become a more 
you know, that's my biggest fear is that it just becomes one conglomerate nonsense machine that just is doesn't mean anything and it doesn't matter and it's just some bullshit thing to for you to but if the, you, you think that like if they tried to force you know the UFC to be more more like you know more entertainment based more uh, really pushing the the fighters to uh, you know talk on the mic and build up hype and you know artificial storylines and whatnot like that if that became more important than the actual fights that the fans wouldn't go somewhere else or the fighters themselves wouldn't go some somewhere else i think that some would i would i don't if you if you look if you're gonna try and turn it into a a a, a bunch of nonsense i'm i'm all set i want to watch the sport of mixed martial arts i don't give a shit about anything else I don't care about the rest of it. But it might be the best thing financially they ever did. And it might turn into the biggest thing that ever happened on planet Earth. But I don't want to be part of it, and I don't give a shit about it. I want to watch mixed martial arts. If it turns into something that's professional wrestling, you can keep it. Because I'm not into it. I don't have a desire to watch it. Uh, I mean, I think, like, you know... Boxing has really gone away, and I think it was because I, I think part of it has to do with the UFC becoming a thing, but also just like I think it definitely does. But like also just boxing, uh, it stopped being as good. Like the best, you know, uh, you know, it's not as exciting as it once was. So well, right at the use, end of it, you only had a few. You had you know, you had Pacquiao, Mayweather, Roy Jones. Uh, you know, there was just a handful of guys that were really the top, top guys, and uh, many of them are retired now. Um, oh, thank God. Oh, beautiful. Can you, re can you, will you, is there like a kiln? Do you have a, can you, uh, can you reach around and, and do a pot, build a, have a potting wheel? It was a ghost reference. I don't know. I couldn't put it together. <laughs> I couldn't put it together. Um, well, let's just uh, let's forget about that for a second. I don't want to think about what that could be and what it might be. I hope that it's not the case. If it is, I'll find another fucking thing to do with my life uh, because I don't have any interest in it. But what I do have interest in is is real wrestling and real grappling and real jujitsu, and that's what happened this weekend at the Eddie, Eddie Bravo Invitational. At the Eddie Bravo Invitational, Eddie Cummings uh, went through all... He submitted all his matches, and he, he retained his title. Um, at the Eddie Bravo Invitational, at um, at Metamorris, there was a big... Uh, uh, the big... The main fight between uh, Halleck Gracie, who is the the founder of Metamorris, and it's his first time competing in Metamorris, uh, between him and Gary Tonin, who's arguably... Uh, the best submission grappler on the planet these days. I mean, he's in the top 10 best submission grapplers that are doing it right now. If he's not the best, he's in that, he's in that picture. He's in that top handful of guys. Um, so he fought Halleck Gracie. It was a competitive match, uh, and there was some, uh, you know, there was some question about, uh, Gary Tonin's uh, on the cutting edge of jiu-jitsu. He's constantly evolving. He's learning and evolving constantly. 
the question was if, if Hallett Gracie was still practicing the same jiu-jitsu that they were doing 20 years ago. And he showed some slick stuff. He showed some slick stuff. He escaped some good things. Uh, he put a little pressure. Uh, eventually he got caught in a knee bar, which was the only finish uh, for the whole event. The rest of the fights on Metamorris went to a draw. Um, and there was, I haven't talked to Gonzaga yet, but he was supposed to, I, I talked to him about three weeks ago. He was supposed to fight, uh, Shitoshi Ishii. Um, and he, he had said that he, it was before, uh, Shitoshi Ishii fought in Bellator. And Gonzaga said that he was going to be fighting him in Metamorris. Granted that he was allowed that bell, that, that, uh, the the athletic commission would allow him to fight after his fight in Bellator. And so it was contingent on that. And so it was weird that Shitoshi Ishii was still in the match, but Gonzaga wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know why he pulled out, but I will be talking to him soon. Um, I am going to be working on a couple of interviews, so they may or may not be at the end of this podcast. Uh, so if the, if the next thing that you hear is, uh, my son going, that's it, uh, get out of here, or, uh, and then you start hearing the advertisement for Team Link, that's the end of the podcast. If you keep listening, you might hear some, uh, some, um, some, uh, interviews, and I'm working on two right now, uh, week before last at the, uh, Hall of Fame inter- in- induction to the UFC. Pete Williams and Mark Coleman were inducted for their fight back in, uh, I think it was, I don't know, it was 98 or 96 or, uh, 95 or I don't know. It was a long, long time ago. Um, and it was a crazy fight and it was one of the most amazing head kick, kick knockouts anybody had ever seen. And so that fight was inducted. Pete Williams was inducted. I've been talking to Pete Williams about doing an interview, so I might do one with him. Uh, I'm also talking with, uh, the Venezuelan v- vixen. Um, Juliana Pena about doing an interview. Um, when I last contacted her, it was right during UFC 200 fight week, and it was like three or four days beforehand, and I'm sure she had lots of media obligations. So hopefully now she it will be calmed down enough that she could maybe take a moment to talk to us. So uh, I'm going to try and maybe bang those two interviews out in the next couple of days. Um so unless uh, unless you have anything to add or Matt has anything to add, I think we might be ready to wrap this thing up. Uh, I just want to say follow me on Twitter at Ted Pettingale. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to listen to my podcast, uh, it's called Fart, Fart the, podcast. the Podcast. Yeah, I'd say it's just a bunch of people talking about silly nonsense. Farts. Uh, yep, sometimes farts. There are some very fart-heavy episodes or some episodes where we don't talk about farts at all. Uh, Kona's been on, uh, at least once. <laughs> that's aired. Uh, and yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, if you guys, uh, listen to this and you enjoyed the three funny things I said, hopefully they don't get edited out. It won't be on YouTube. It won't be. <laughs> it won't be edited out. Uh, yeah, I'll give it back to Kona, see what he has to say. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Ted. Thank you, Ted. Ted. Thank you, Ted Pentengill, for, uh... You're welcome. 
All right. Mm-hmm. Predictions for Holly Holm versus Valentina the Bullet slash the shooting victim Shevchenko. And I pick Holly Holm. Holly Holm to win. As do I. And Gilbert Melendez returns against Edson Barboza. Mm. I I'm gonna take I'm gonna uh, I, I imagine that Barbosa is the underdog in this one, but I like Barbosa for this one, so I'm gonna go Barbosa. I do too. I think he hits like a fucking brick shit house. Ted, what are your picks? You're a guest. You want to make a pick? Valentina Shevchenko. You saw some of her interview earlier, and Holly Holm, the woman who beat Ronda Rousey. Uh, since Kona picked uh, the one broad, I'll pick the other broad. Okay, Shevchenko. <laughs> Since you've seen more recent interviews with her today, good pick. And how about Giblert Melendez or Edson Barboza? Uh, I like Barboza because he sounds like a pirate. <laughs> okay, no. Arr, I uh, well, maybe I should change my pick because I have a, I have an Instagram photo with me and Giblert Melendez in Vegas. Giblert. So. I like how you keep I calling can, him Giblert. <laughs> I, I need to get a Giblert Melendez fight kit. I'm gonna have. Give to. me that Giblert. Is, is that I'm, was that I'm an actual fuck Mexico. up? Yeah, when they introduced, at the very beginning, when they introduced the jerseys on stage. Oh, my God, uh, it was Giblert? It was Giblert. Oh, my God, I want one of those, 100%. That's like the only thing I would buy. I would buy a total fuck-up, but I'm not paying their $100 (laughs) for their fucking shirts. It's too ridiculous. Maybe you can make it your own, but just do it. But I would buy a Giblert. Giblert Melendez. I would buy a Giblert. I would buy a Giblert for sure. Just sounds so fun. It's a great Thanksgiving gift. Giblet Melendez. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned and we'll see what happens. For expanded fight picks, follow us on Twitter, MMAniacs and Mr. Nick NH and at Matt Kona, at Ted Pettengill. Uh, Ted and I went naked jokes. Rear naked jokes has been dormant, but I want to bring, I will bring it back. I just need more data. Um, and yeah, there's there's more things to talk about. We'll maybe uh, get together next week, or are you going to be able to watch the fight Saturday live? Uh, Saturday I, night live. I don't know. I don't know yet. I will okay. have to see how things play out. Okay. Well, but I don't you are, know, but I will. Can... I will be watching them before we uh, do the next podcast. So um, I'll come armed and prepared. Oh, maybe I'll come armed. down. Maybe I'll come down Saturday and hang out with you for a little bit. I said, don't say arms. Just the shooting victim in the main event. So okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk to you before a, next week. There was but. a shooting victim in the Bellator event. He got hit with a fucking missile in his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Although I found out a scud missile right to his fucking dome. Yeah. A big knee. And the Akeo K-N-E-E. I just, right. uh, listen, I, I tell you, dude, honestly, after seeing that, I just didn't even want to watch any fights. <laughs> I just didn't, was not, I was like, fuck, man, fuck yeah. this. Well, also, the main event wasn't as good, so <laughs> you kind of makes it. Yeah. You, you should have stopped watching fights that night anyway. Um, great. MMAniacs, follow us, leave a review, maybe get a book, send us an email. It, send me a bad boy groin guard, and then hopefully uh, we'll see. All right, Nick. Thanks, Ted, for being on. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Dur- Hi, Durso. Uh, stop.
still tagging Durso in this podcast. Perfect. Said, it's a credit. Yeah. Give it. Give All him right. his credit. Give, give the man credit where the credit's due. God damn it. Yeah, hey, 13 seconds. Some people have spent more time in it. All right, we'll see you later. All people right. People of all animal varieties, good yes. night. MM Maniacs over and out. That's the end. No, read it. The MM Maniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.